and welcome to my technical hot seat, where I take a closer look to the sales promises of a company. Today, I have with me Rolf Henriksma from Schottel, Netherlands. We briefly met at the Mets in the Netherlands last week, and I'm really happy that he dared to attend my hot seat. Enjoy, and welcome to you, Rolf. Nice to have you here. Uh, but before we go into the technical stuff of Shuttle and the company, could you please share a fun fact about you? Well, fun fact, I already was really thinking about this, but this, I think it's pretty, it's a bit of a hard one. I think, I think the, a fun fact would be that maybe I started out having a huge interest in boats and, and things like that and sailing and as a hobby. And then later on, made hobby my work, which I've been doing all my life, first in windsurfing and later on in this. So, yeah. That would be funny, actually, I guess, in, yeah, in, in so a way. So you're also windsurfing. Okay. Not everyone is yeah. windsurfing. That's a different thing to just sailing, isn't it? But I guess the same principle or, or not. Yeah. It's, it, well, the thing is, windsurfing is a bit of a non-social thing. It's something you do yourself. And later on, when I got a girlfriend and things like that, and you want to do things together, then sailing is more fun. So that's when I switched over to sailing and the first regatta sailing things like that because when you're young you're competitive and later on that eases away a little bit and then you go for long distance sailing so we're now more at sea do the long hauls with my family of course yeah thanks thanks for for sharing it's interesting um so now we get into the you know the um the hot seat you could say (laughs) i feel i I feel it getting warm (laughs) (laughs) so can you describe in short what shuttle does well, I think shuttle is could be described as uh, as we say also in our in our adverts and things like that as being a propulsion expert. And our solo focus is is propulsion, marine propulsion, for lots of different vessels. Of course, we talk about yachts now, but we do a lot, of, of course, in the tug market. We do a lot of in cargo vessels. We do a lot of offshore vessels. Basically, azimuthing thrusters and in every shape and size. But also tunnel thrusters, uh, rim drive thrusters, and also CPP shaft lines. So it's a wide portfolio. And um, what we do, we try to do best. And, and we learn from our clients, and we try to improve things, and we come with better efficiencies. We come with smarter solutions. And that is what drives us, actually. Uh, there is a, a very good team in Germany with a lot of knowledge. I'm astonished by these guys almost daily. Like, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? And they always come with solutions. And that's that's the nice thing about it. The lines are very short. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Uh, you're already into kind of your unique selling points, I would say, here. Huh? Uh, <laughs> and because on your website, it's really nice of Shotter. It says, like, you're a proportion expert. So so how, yeah. how, how, how does that work? So how can you be the proportion expert in the world of, you know? No, yeah, there, of course, there are other players. And over and over in, in projects, of course, we, we don't always have the best solution. Sometimes somebody else comes with something and you think like, ah, oh, that's smart. But I think overall, uh, the projects we win, especially nowadays, when we're constantly challenged about uh, efficiency, about polar pool, uh, we are, when we are challenged about noise, we can come up with answers quite fast due to the huge amount of knowledge which is in our company. And team in Germany is, is really on top of things. And that, that's what makes it nice to work with these guys because I would say pretty much any questions we, we are able to produce an answer or come up with figures. And nowadays, uh, everybody is, uh, taken into accountability and being held together and matched together and say, oh, they promised this. They, they do that. 
and we can also uh, then later on full scale prove that we actually can do that thing. Yeah. So, and, so uh, to do all this, you need you know highly educated people and, and employees. Yeah. So, how how do you manage to kind of get those and also keep them in today's you know fast moving world where it's really hard to get good people yeah, and, yeah. and also keep them staying in the company? How do you do that? I think uh, that is the nice thing about working for a family-owned company. I think, well, you could see this during the downturns we have in uh, in the business. Eh? You see that with a lot of the big companies, as soon as you have a bit of a downturn in, in the business, then immediately they are letting go of people. And with Shuttle, that really doesn't didn't happen. Also, uh, we worked now for the company for 10 years. And every time when there was a downturn in the business, the only thing they did is... Uh, close all hatches, hold on tight, and ride out the storm. And and, and they didn't lay off people uh, just because of that. They know as a company who works in the middle of Germany that it is very important to keep the team together because it's not easy to get people with an interest for the marine industry in that part of the world. That's basically it. So they just make sure that they keep everybody on board. And that is also uh, the reason why I think Shuttle is still in that part of the of Germany as the, as they are now. Is that uh, it is family owned, the family lives there, and they think that the employment ship in that area is very important. So how how does that work? Like you're sitting in the Netherlands, do you also have this family feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a close team. It's actually funny because I I do new sales together with my colleague about. And we don't really work for the Dutch office. We work for the German office. We actually are in contact with the guys in, in Germany about new sales products and, 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 and improvements and whatever comes uh, passes by. But these are the colleagues we work with. And, and I, I talk to these guys uh, several times a day. So for us, that's very important. And that, that works, I would say, pretty good. Lines are very short. Uh, sounds good, because you're also promising on your webpage first class uh, sales service. How do you do that? First class. How, what is first class? <clears throat> first class is, I think, as soon as a customer has an issue, that you jump in the car and actually check if they are what's going on, and and also make sure you have spare parts in stock. We have huge amounts of spares in stock, and we have offices all over the world. And in fact, we have. Well, I, I counted uh, 16 offices, uh, which are shuttle-owned, and we have 27 agents worldwide. And that gives us the possibility to be a fast responder. And I think that is appreciated by most of our clients. If you see uh, a lot of clients we uh, which we have are, are long-term customers, and they know that if something happens, that we understand that the ship has to sail as fast as possible. And I think that is one of our key things. We never turn away from a problem. Also, if it's after warranty or whatever, we always try to help the client and say, okay, did we do something wrong? We have to improve it. We don't, we don't, we're not a company that walks around with terms and conditions and say, this is what we agreed and you're on your own after that. No, 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 definitely not. We see the whole thing every time as a long-term relationship. The thing is, is that, of course, we are new sales. Uh, we have to promise something to the shipyard. And they only are in general interested in one thing, that it has to hold on for another year within the warranty. And after that, it is another problem. But we as a propulsion supplier have to work with our clients for over 30 years sometimes, the whole lifetime of a ship. And I think our interest is to keep these people happy over over this period and even longer if possible. We just celebrated our uh, 100th year anniversary couple of weeks ago, which is actually on one due to COVID, 101 years. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <then. laughs> yeah. 
but we had a we had a couple of customers over there which uh, have been with us for 1977, 1976, and that is that is really nice to see. These people are still appreciate you. Yeah, that that's, uh, that sounds good. Um, but then I found you know the a really nice word in on your web page part, and also what we talked about, and that's the word sustainability. Uh, that's a word that I would say is hard to really grab. It's been misused a lot. And uh, I would like to enter this part with technological sustainability, which you are shortly saying. Having. So what is it? How, how Could you make an example of how this is shown? Now, sustainability um, does mean a couple of things, of course, and that is also keeping the environment in mind and, and make sure that we don't mess up any more than we already do as, as humankind, I would say. I think what is important right now is that, for instance, if you look at technical solutions, now uh, we work with, with what we call a leak-on system, for instance, on our propeller shaft seals and also on our steering pipe seals in thrusters. These are systems where we have a special chamber between seawater and loop oil. So our units can still work with just normal mineral oils instead of going for biodegradable oils. Biodegradable oils as a thing sounds very nice, but the behavior of biodegradable oils in general are still quite unpredictable. As soon as you get some condensation or things like that in in oil, uh, it starts to degrade quite fast. And that is something you definitely don't want in a thruster. Also, biodegradable oils are extremely expensive. They cost about five times more than normal oil. And so you easily have, I would say, almost a house worth of oil in the thruster. So you should wonder also what is then sustainable in that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the best thing would be if it, everything would be kind of water lubricated or something, I guess. So. Ah, yeah. Well, sometimes we do that, of course, uh, water lubrication. Uh, the only thing is that mechanically it's not always possible. And with an azimuthing thruster, uh, you, with, as far as I know, wouldn't be possible. The thing is that the tolerances in the gears are so small that you cannot do that you have to go to uh, roller bearings or in ball bearings yeah of course and if not then you don't keep the efficiency if it's an order yeah, and it's it's kind of, it's a, it's, yeah. yeah it's a holistic view and and everything so but I, in the end you can say that now at where we are now it, it would be a kind of this kind of collecting chamber where we have in between this leocon chamber that you have that that is a kind of a step in between them until yeah. maybe the oils are getting better, the, you know, the biodegradable and all this. Yeah, the word itself already says it. Eh? It is biodegradable and you only don't want the the degradation of the oil to start within the thruster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess that's something um, maybe not everyone is thinking about. What does it really mean? And, and when should the process start with uh, yeah. degradation? Eh? So, so. Maybe you can just go into that a bit for people who are not in the business or, or, or grab that part. Let's point out first that we actually we can do by the, the degradable oils in thrusters. That is possible. You need special seals for that. But if people really want that, they can have it. But the thing is, is that I said it's it's about cost. Uh, it's about also I think the the solution itself. And I said if as soon as you have this this leak-on chamber, you don't need to go there. And yeah. I think in the end you have, as, for as much as you talk about investment, I think you have a good solution with, uh, with, with doing it like this. That's yeah. basically the, the message. You yeah. can, of course, with biodegradable oil also 
prevent degradation by using uh, GTC filter systems, etc. But then you have to keep on running it through these filters to make sure the oil stays in a good condition. In the end, that can work, but it's extra work. And in the end, you have at a certain point a couple of thousand liters of loop oil. At, at a certain point, also, the oil has to be changed. Where do you leave this biodegradable oil then? It also, they have to do something with it, I guess. Yeah, I think that would be something I could um, uh, ask some oil company to to answer. Maybe I get them also my hot seat. Uh, yeah, I will ever chase them and see if I'm lucky. <laughs> Maybe I get that. Moving on to the next question I have, and that's um, what's the biggest challenge in the market today? What do you see? Uh, yeah, it differs very much on the business you're in. If it is Turks, it's about the most volatile for the least amount of power. And also that goes with certain restrictions, of course. If you're in yachts, uh, I would say it is about space, weight, and efficiency. In offshore, actually a bit of the same thing. It is about fuel saving and doing things in a smarter way. Uh, so, for instance, nowadays in yachts, for instance, uh, where we talked, where we where we actually also met uh, during match. I think what gives us a, a lot of success in yachts at the moment is that we can come up with smart solutions of thrusters that fit in an aft ship and there's still the possibility there to have on top of that this beach area, which people like to have in these vessels. So you have to stay below the deck there. And that, that is quite a challenge to, to actually do that and still have a set of thrusters there. The advantage of having thrusters on these yachts, of course, is that it gives the owner a lot of, or the, or the designer, a lot of freedom in the design of the ship because you don't have to deal with long propeller shafts. You have to do steering gear and, and rudders and whatnot. And now you can just have two electrical L drives in the back and there you go. And you have a highly maneuverable vessel. So they can also lie on DP. Don't have to throw out an anchor anymore. Because that's another thing about sustainability is that you cannot and are not allowed even to anchor in lots of areas anymore. Uh, also yeah. with a big yacht because they're destroying the reefs. So talking about tugs, just a short, maybe a fun fact, maybe you have it on top of your mind is um, how many tugs are there in the Netherlands? Because it's how the many biggest tugs? Yeah, what would you... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's a tough because one. Because it was would... quite a lot uh, with... with is it a word with the most tugs? Harbor tugs, uh, I think 60. In, in the Netherlands, maybe sailing around 70, 80, maybe 100. Worldwide, a lot more, of course. And what you see now also that, funny enough, this market keeps evolving. It has to do with new harbor terminals that are being built. But also due to new Panama-sized vessels, you need bigger tugboats. So it's stepping up. Back in the day, a 60-ton tug was enough. Now it's uh, then it was 75, and now it's 85, 90, which is, is almost becoming a normal size. Yeah, bigger ships, huh? Bigger ships. But funny enough, what you see is that, for instance, back in the day, a 70-ton tug would be roughly 2,200 kilowatt with 2 meter 60 propeller. Now they want to do the same trick with a three meter propeller and an 1800 kilowatt. So also there, things are becoming sustainable. People want to burn less fuel for the same amount of volatile and having smaller engines. Also there, you run into certain limitations when it comes to, of course, the maximum speed of the ship and stability and things like that. But you see smaller and smaller trucks performing huger bullet pools. And yeah, it still does the trick, so to say. So there also, there is constantly a new evolution going on and that is something you see over the last couple of years yeah and also there people are looking to electric turks hybrid turks we have solutions there where we have the side drive end for instance that is you can when a turk let's go back a little bit further 
90% of the running hours of a tug are made just idling, fiddling around in a harbor, going from from one side to the other side, doing a little job there. Then they need their bullet pool, and then they just pretty much loiter around. With that in mind, we designed the side drive M system, where you have uh, the possibility to connect two thrusters to one engine. So you can switch off one engine, and then you just loiter around on one main engine and drive through as you're moving thrusters. And that makes it very efficient and it's actually a fairly cheap solution and also a simple solution for the crew to make a huge cut in running hours and therefore also cost of ownership. And yeah, also be sustainable, of course. You have a better loaded engine, better fuel efficiency and yeah, a simple working system. But I, I like that. Thanks for sharing that kind of development in, in the tug area and, and how, you know, with, you look into how boats are used and how you can save. So it's all these small steps that things it's are getting more sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really good. It makes optimism, I guess, too, for people with, um, you know, considering ecological uh, parts going on. But we're not going into there. My last question is, what's success to you? What success is to me? I think in the end, a happy customer. Uh, I think that after an owner, after you said for us then sell a ship set or whatever and in the end the vessel performs as it should be and people are happy with it but even after five or ten years said that we did a good job i think that is success that's what makes me happy so to say and and that you do things well i think that is success at least on on a business level and privately success would mean i guess that bringing up my kids in a good way <laughs> also a daily challenge for everybody but yeah i think that would that would define success if you want to keep it short yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot, Rolf. I like that, and I really enjoyed our chat. That was everything from my side, and uh, and I really liked the insights into shuttle, and and also the thinking and the products and and the steps taken, but also getting to learn a bit about you, Rolf, and how how it is to be a sales manager and 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 the thinking behind it and everything. I think that's kind of impression also gets. We've been doing this for many years now, so. Yeah, no, I mean, real sales experts, and and there are enough people who want to go into sales, and, and now I got a good impression about. I were hiring in us. Germany actually, so if people are interested, they they are happy to check our website. They're more well more than welcome, I would say, to check our website and uh, and take a look. I think we're still hiring. Thanks a lot. I wish you a really good day. Enjoy and take care. Huh? Yeah. All right. Take yeah. care. Bye. 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 If you liked it, please subscribe as I will continue to talk to various experts across industries and country borders. Music